Here we go. Welcome to the Rebecca Cross Stepping Into Greatness podcast. My name is Rebecca Cross and I am a business success and motivational strategist. I work with aspiring female entrepreneurs who are ready to be held accountable and to be motivated to step into their greatness. Now this is a platform where you listen to some of the most inspirational women around the world who are on that journey of making their dreams a reality and continue to do so at every level. We talk about motivation, mindset, adversity, entrepreneurial success as a woman and for some as a mom. But most of all, we talk about how anything is possible. And today I am so excited to introduce Siobhan Murray, who is got amazing background she has is an nlp master practitioner mindfulness coach a certified meditator and a certified personal trainer not only that are we going to discuss through this um through the show today about her new book the burnout solution but also Siobhan has really got a passion as well at the moment to work with women who really want to reach their glass ceiling but without burnout and we're going to really talk about that which I think is going to be so fascinating for everybody is looking to get to that ultimate level of their um, inspiration, uh, aspirations. Hi Siobhan, how are you? I'm brilliant Rebecca, thank you so much for having me on. Oh no, thank you, thank you. I'm very excited, I'm very excited. Um, as I said just before you came on, I love the Irish accent. <laughs> so you're, you're there already. I love it. Fantastic. Um, and also, I think it's I think it's amazing. Um, from really reading from what I've read about your your the last ten years, you started out as a single mum, didn't you? When you took this mm. leap into your journey, and I know um, me included have been on that journey. So it'd be really great to really just ask you first of all how you've got to where you are now just to give a bit of background of your story and then we can you know take it from there okay fabulous well um I suppose I'll start with telling you I'm 49 no uh, it kind of freaks, freaks me out every now and then when I say those numbers <laughs> but um and I've had a really really interesting diverse career I worked in the music industry for years I lived in London I set up um, the Ronald McDonald Children's Charity back here in Dublin. I then moved into the corporate sector. I was head of communications for McDonald's. So I've worked within lots of different industries which have been fantastic, but ultimately never really gave me the fulfillment. I can look back now and go, I was existing. Um, I was not getting job satisfaction. I did have money in the bank, that was great. But when I had my now eldest son, um, he's 13, I remember going back after maternity and I've been a single mum since day dot. Mm. So I went back after maternity and my boss said to me, now that's great, uh, you're back, wonderful, but I hope you have a good support network in order because you're going to be in Brussels tomorrow on my second day back at work. And I, um, I have no siblings. My mum lived outside of Dublin. She lived about 100, 150 kilometers away. So I didn't have, and everyone I knew worked as well. So I didn't have that backup. And I just thought, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to be feasible. So I thought about it. Um, I actually left. Um, I took redundancy after my second son. There's 18 months between them. He's just uh, nearly, nearly 12. And I decided in I was going to buy a franchise so I bought I met an English lady and she had a baby sign language franchise and I thought fantastic 
this is brilliant. And brought it into Ireland. I was the first person to bring it in and it fell flat in its face. Um, 30, 12, 11 years ago, it wasn't that we were just about to hit the Irish recession that we had. People weren't willing to spend the money, the insurance. And here I am now, no gainful employment, not able to go back into the nine to five because I didn't have the support network. And I would have had to, at that point, be earning so much to be paying a mortgage and full-time childcare. It, it wasn't feasible. So I went to college. This is long story short. Went to college, got a degree in psychotherapy. And um, while I was able to still kind of gather together, um, doing the baby sign language, which we existed, uh, myself and the boys, and got my degree and set up practice. And, and I want, this is really important. I remember clearly sitting in one of my lectures and one of the lecturers saying, you know, psychotherapy, it's caring, it's, it's, you know, we're giving back, but don't give up your day job. You're not going to make a living out of this. This is going to be, you know, an add on. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking I'm investing all this money and my time and energy this has to work. This is not an option. There is no plan B in this. This is plan A. And, and that's just it. So when I qualified, and I think it's interesting with psychotherapy, you have to do 450 hours to get your accreditation over here in Ireland. And most people do that at low cost or no cost. So wow. you still make no money. Yeah, that's um, a lot. It's a lot. <clears throat> yeah, that is a lot. It's, it's so, and, and you're also, you're being educated as an adult to not value your worth because you're not charging your worth. Mm. So you get quite a skewed mindset about money. Um, but once I qualified, I sat and I went, right, how am I going to make money out of this? This is, I can do my one-to-ones. That's great. I looked at all the options. I put together uh, letters. I sent them to all the schools. I went into the schools. I did talks. I got paid. I figured out all the other ways because this was not going to be a, a this is a part-time job for me. This had to work. So roll on over the last 10 years, I've added to the psychotherapy, um, mindfulness coach, um, master practitioner in NLP and life coaching. And what I would also do is any time I would get a request from a journalist to give my opinion on something, I would I, absolutely, even if I wasn't 100% sure, I would research it and I would put myself out there. And you'll love this bit. I am an introvert, <laughs> which, which is the more I read about entrepreneurs, yeah. uh, the more... I realize, bizarrely enough, that we are, the one thing we have in common is predominantly we're introverts. So on the outside, the whole thought of putting yourself out there is daunting. Why would you do that? You just want to sit in a corner and talk to one person. Mm. But yet introverts are actually very good at putting themselves out there because once they have a plan and they know what to expect in putting themselves out there, they're able to do it because it's it's a project. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. That makes very much sense. Yeah. So I, I very much put myself out there and I got asked 
last year to contribute to an article on burnout. And it was something that I saw an awful lot in my practice, in my private practice. And following on from that article with the journalist, I had my vision board for last year. And on my vision board was, I wanted to write a book. I wasn't sure what I wanted to write my book about, but I wanted to write a book. And I also wanted to be involved in a TV capacity as an expert in my field. Fantastic. Within 20 minutes last November, I got two phone calls, um, one from a book publishing company, one of the biggest in Ireland, asking, would I write a book on burnout? And oh, I love it. It, it was, and I, I put the phone down and processed it. And 20 minutes later, the phone rang again. And it was from a producer from wanting to know would I be interested in working on a TV documentary on stress that would air this year. And I took on both of them, um, which this year have been absolutely phenomenal. It has been an incredible learning. Oh, wow. But wow. it's also been so amazing to see as a single mom, nobody bankrolling me. And I think this is really important because I think there's also a misconception that, that women set up companies, but really if, if it's not going to work, there is somebody standing beside them or behind them that's able to go, that's all right, darling. Mm. And that going out there and, and creating the vision that you want and being clear about what you want and what you want to achieve for yourself is possible. N not necessarily easy, but possible. And I would say without a massively clear plan in the last few years, I've got myself to, to live the dreams that I wanted to. And my first book, The Burnout Solution, which is 12 Weeks to a Calmer Life, is due for release on January 4th. Oh, um, how exciting! It's just so exciting. And the documentary I worked on, which was really interesting, Rebecca, it was a two-part documentary and it was done in conjunction with Science Ireland. It was very factual. It wasn't fluffy. Um, it, it had the highest viewership of any TV documentary in this country. That is amazing. I read that and I thought that was mind-blowing. Absolutely yeah. mind-blowing. Can I ask, um, Siobhan, can you without you know giving too much away but it's very what I find fascinating is it is tough especially when you're building your own empire and you're you're learning and you're you're trying to bring up a family especially on your own and you know I'm talking from personal experience I started my journey exactly it's like mirroring actually when I'm listening to you I'm like Have you, am I interviewing myself is it <laughs> um, and I know how tough it can be, but I'm really fascinated and I will definitely be getting your book because I think it's, I'd love to know if there's any, if there's just one tip you could share of something of the thought process that us women that we feel, I don't know if you agree with this, but I know we feel as mothers, as entrepreneurs, sometimes we feel we do have to do it all. And and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we want, and we worry and especially as mothers, um, and it's sometimes I find um, that it can that can lead to a path of burnout sometimes because you you're not you know letting go a little bit or putting in the right success tools that you need in your day to day. Can you give some kind of you know tip from from what you've been 
talking about and what will be in your book just to give an idea of what to think about if you're feeling you're going down that yes you might be reaching that glass ceiling mm-hmm. whatever that is but yeah but what cost are you doing it at and how can you do it so you're doing it with more flow than not I think one of the most important things that I would say firstly is we as women are fabulous at letting the three most important things slip when we're under pressure, which is our nutrition, our sleep and our self-care. So they would be the ones, but you can go into those ones in a little bit deeper level. But to really, if you're looking at what can you implement straight away, one of the things that happened to me in the process of towards the end of writing the book is that I experienced burnout myself because I hadn't taken anything out of my big pot of things that I do. I didn't look at this project and go, I didn't, I, I under anticipated the amount of time it would take and the amount of energy um, physically and emotionally it would take out of me. So I didn't take something out to compensate for that. But what I realized afterwards is how important knowing what your negotiables and your non negotiables are in life. So, and they change all the time. So if you know that you are going to launch your, your business or a part of your business or that you have a busy period coming up, you need to sit down for a couple of hours and go, okay, what's going on in my life? Have I got kids? What's, what's happening here? Do I go to the gym five days a week? Okay, can I actually cut back or can I change that to half hour walks? What can I negotiate in my mm. day? Yeah. What's what can change for this period of time in order for me to be able to really focus on what I'm my one thing that I'm really working on. And when that period of time is over, you then reevaluate and you, you look at your negotiables, your non-negotiables. So obviously if you have children, children are your Mm non-negotiables. You know, if you have extra, if you're part of a book club that you do, but you're not really doing it, it's become a bit of a chore. That's a negotiable you know, take yourself out of it. Don't feel obliged to do it if it's taking away from your one thing that you're really focused on doing. You can go back to it in a month or two or six months. You can reevaluate yourself. But we try to do everything because we think that we're superhuman. And we are superhuman, but we also have only a certain amount of hours in the day and if driving our kids around, trying to run a business and doing all these other lovely things all at the same time doesn't work. Balance, I have, I have a, a, a fabulous theory and I write about it in the book about balance. There is no such thing as a balanced life. We are put under all this pressure to live this work-life balance. There will always be those periods of time throughout the year where we have to focus more on one thing. Mm, very true very true so other things get pushed to the bottom because we don't acknowledge it do our negotiables non-negotiables exercise we then start to feel guilty because the things that we think we should be doing in our balanced life aren't getting our attention because we haven't made a conscious decision to park it for a period of time once we make those conscious decisions it wires back to our brain okay i've allowed myself to take a break therefore i'm not attaching guilt to it yeah, that's spot on. I agree I'm complete with that. It's funny because I do talk about, well, you know, if you want that work-life balance, but you are right. When you really look at the, at the real 
we'll get down to the bottom of it. There never is really work-life balance constantly because you're right, there are things that happen, life happens, business happens, and you do have to focus on one thing at times more than the other. Um, I suppose it's just open to try and come back to some sort of balance, like you say, and, and, and that's when you can look at those non-negotiable things. And, um, oh, absolutely. And Rebecca, yeah. it's like if you were to just focus on your work for 12 months of the year, that's, that's not balance. No, definitely not, no. So you work for a period of time, let's, for example, say a month, you know that you're working really hard on something, but then you're going to take a week off. Yeah. You're going to go on holidays or yeah. you're going to refocus and you're actually not going to work for that period of time because you're taking yourself a break. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, yeah, it, it's not about not doing the good things. You still have to have all those good things. But sometimes if we try to fit them all into that 24 hour period, we put ourselves under pressure because we don't, we have these, these great to-do lists. Yeah. We don't hit the to-do list. And then we feel guilty because we haven't gone to the gym or the Pilates class or the book club or met a friend for coffee because we're trying to do it all. There's too much in the day. Yeah, that's so true. That is so true. I've experienced that myself recently. I had a, a tilted pelvis and I was supposed to do a half marathon. I was really great with my training. I run every day. I, in fact, I, if anyone asks, I always say Rebecca runs every day. I haven't been able to run. And I was putting so much guilt on me. thinking, well, this is what I tell everyone. This is what I do. I feel yeah. a fraud now because I'm not doing it every day. But then I had to tell myself, and I think a lot of women need to do this. You know, I really can't do it. I have a tilted pelvis. So I, what I'll do is, okay, I've had a lot of time off with the running. But when you're back on the running, like you say, you will then start doing it back and, and that's fine, but you can't feel guilty about it because things happen and you have to have that. That's how I see that balance as well, you know, giving yourself a break so you're not feeling that guilt when something happens or prevents you from doing what you're normally used to doing. It, 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 it's, it's being able to have that flexibility. We all need routine, but we also need, I think what, what, what's really important is to do those little mini life audits throughout the time. I mean, with, with, with having an injury like a, a tilted pelvis, and I, I run as well, and I had an operation, two operations on my foot last November, mm. and it, therefore couldn't run. And again, it's, it's that I felt like a fraud because I yeah. run, and here I was not running. Yeah, um, I know. It's funny, isn't it? Why do we put our pressure on our... Well, we said this, actually, didn't we? But just before we started the, the show, um, we've, we put these silly things in our mind, you know, either being intimidated by someone because of, of an assumption or, yeah. or feeling like a fraud because we're not doing something. It's, it's like... It has, it's funny how we put that on us, ourselves. And, and what... Like, the brain is just such a phenomenal thing. By reframing, I'm actually giving my body a rest because I have a, a, a tilted pelvis and I am nourishing my body and I am recovering from this in order to be able to run again and I'm enjoying recovery and I'm rather than I really miss running I yeah can't run yeah. Um, it, it's because when we do that we're telling our brains we're bad we should be out there dragging our bodies around to yeah. the point of, of you know yeah I did that that's me but we, we, we need to be able to say, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to do, I'm going to sit on the sofa. Imagine yeah. sitting on the sofa and doing nothing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm trying to imagine it. I am. I really am. I'm, I'm trying so hard. <laughs> but the, 
yeah, it's funny, the, yeah. The other thing I would say, um, just on, on sort of one of the, the biggest tips with burnout is, and I call it the mother of self-care, Rebecca, is sleep. Oh, yes, I agree. That is number one. I agree. Oh, yes, definitely. Is, is to really understand why we need to sleep. It's not just something we do because we're physically exhausted. It's the body, the body repairs itself. Of course, your body is repairing itself. It, the, your hip is, is repairing itself. But our brains, it allows our brains to repair itself from all the usage it's done all day in decision-making, problem-solving, interacting with people, so that when we get up the next day, our brain is clear, which is why when you hear new mums talk about baby brain going, I've gone upstairs and I can't remember what I went upstairs for, I got in the car and I left the baby bag behind, it's not because it's, it's baby brain, it's actually because they haven't had a full night's sleep, they've had interrupted sleep, so their brains hasn't, they haven't had the opportunity to have their brains replenished to be able to start the cognitive skills firing the next day. That is so true. And that's why they say, don't you, you'll be, it's when you also say, look, if you've got a problem, before you react on something, especially if you react on something on emotion, sleep on it, yes. sleep on it. Because then when you wake up, your perspective, your perspective of the whole thing's normally different, isn't it? And oh, very. Like, like you say, you know, you just need a good night's sleep. One thing I say to all my three children when they're feeling poorly, apart, you know, if you've got a temperature, yeah, I'll give them cowpole, whatever. But I always say to them, you need a good night's sleep. It's the best medicine for yeah. everything in the world. I completely agree with you. And do you know what? I say this a lot. It's common sense. But it's not always common practice. Oh, I, one of the things I would say in the whole book is there, I'm not telling anybody in the book to go and spend money on gym membership or fancy facials, or spa weeks, or girls weeks away. Pretty much everything in the book is practical, common sense. But if you don't action it, if you don't say, actually, I'm the only person who can do this. I'm the only person who can make me go to bed at, at 10 o'clock without a phone in my hand while I'm scrolling and just scrolled an hour of my life away, then Nobody else is going to do it. No one's, going, no one's going to come in and mother you and say, give me that phone. Time to go to sleep. Turn the light off. We have to take that personal responsibility for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more. That is, that is perfect. In fact, what I can ask, before we, I want to ask you two questions before we, we wrap this up. And the, and the next one I want to ask, the first question I want to ask you is, I know we've given quite a lot of tips, so this is a bonus. <laughs> but what <laughs> one piece of guidance would you give our audience? In, if they feel that they are suffering or heading towards burnout? Yeah, definitely if they feel that they are not, if they're feeling stuck. You know, sometimes when you go on the way to burnout, I always feel that, that kind of, you feel a little bit, I just don't know which way to go. And that's normally a sign well, not normally, it's probably generalizing, but you know, you feel, I just need to know which, which path I need to just step onto now before I, I self-destruct. Well, I think one of the things is to actually take a, a step back and check and see, are you heading towards burnout? And what, what I can offer, I have, uh, I have a thing on my website, which is a sheet, which it just allows people to see, to check and see if they're feeling burnt out. Um, it's a checklist of different things. Um, if you, if you feel that you are 
getting burnt out. It's to start looking and seeing, is it in your professional life or your personal life? Because this is important. Burnout can come from either or or both. And if it's about trying to assess where is it coming from? What's, mm. what's the cause of it? Because if it's coming from work and it's within your control, then we can work at, at changing that. You can work at going, okay, how do I need to do it? If it's out of your control, then you start to need to build up your resilience, your emotional and physical resilience towards it. So it's about looking at your thought processing. Is everything negative? Is it based on fact or opinion? Are you saying, I, nobody appreciates me, everybody hates me, everybody, all those massive general sweeping statements. If you sit down with pen and paper and go, okay, let me pinpoint this down. Let me just keep asking myself, what specifically is causing me to feel undervalued? Where specifically do I feel undervalued? Until you can pinpoint it back, it may be a relationship. It may be feeling under an obligation to be part of your wider family network that's actually not doing you any justice. So once you're able to bring it back down to where it's coming from, it makes it easier to be able to start implementing the self-care that you need in order to start building up your resilience. That's brilliant. I love that. That is a good piece of guidance. <laughs> I say so myself. Thank you. Thank you. And, and my last question, which I think what you've achieved, and I do, I think it's really inspirational when you think, you know, you have been a single mom from year dot and you have added all of this new knowledge, this new skill set, all these women you help and also bringing up two boys. What is your life mission? Because I can't re wait to read this book. <laughs> I will not ever have burnout when I've read this book. <laughs> My life mission, well, very quickly, I look back on life and I hit a very, very deep depression at 14. And back then it wasn't, um, you, it wasn't acknowledged. We children, depression that really didn't come in the same sentence. Mm. And I spent all of my twenties and part of my thirties on antidepressants. I was on antidepressants for nearly 16 years. Um, haven't touched one since I was about 36. Um, I gave up drinking 11 years ago um, in two weeks time and I went, I went out on Halloween night and as I like to say I peaked too soon Rebecca and it wasn't a pleasant sight and I said the next day the boys were very young and I said I will give up drinking for a month and what it has done for my mental emotional, and physical health is just phenomenal. Um, I gave up smoking five years ago and ran the Dublin Marathon. I crawled, I, I crawled the Dublin Marathon. <laughs> I bet you didn't. <laughs> and I suppose if I look at it like that, I look back in my life and there's times I do, I shed a tear and I go, Jesus, I wish I had had the enthusiasm for life back in my 20s that I have now. Because now... My mission is to be the utter best I can be for me, which means then I'm the best for everybody around me. But in doing so, to be the person I wished I had talking to me in my 20s, to be able to be there for others. Oh, God, I was getting a bit emotional <laughs> then. I could hear my heart beating fast. That's when I get emotional. That is really amazing. I am really amazing. 
Siobhan, before you leave, and I will, guys, when I, when I publicise this episode, um, you will see an introduction and, and a beautiful picture of Siobhan <laughs> um, of, um, about, you know, giving an introduction to her, and I will have the links. But while we're here now speaking, can you just share where they can find you and how they can connect with you? Yes, my company name is Twisting the Jar. Um, so I'm email or website is www.twistingthejar.com. And if they anyone wants to download the the, the burnout checklist, um, just gives them an idea that they can read if anything kind of strikes home or if they feel anyone else they know might be suffering from burnout. Um, Instagram the same, Twisting the Jar. Um, Twitter Twisting the Jar and LinkedIn Twisting the Jar. I love that name. I love that name. Well, it, if I've time very quickly to tell you where it came from. My, oh, yes, please. My mum, when she was very young, she was about 32, she had a brain hemorrhage. I was about five. And she ended up, it was quite severe, and she ended up in hospital, paralyzed down her left side. But she did regain strength, and, and she actually went on before the big recession in the 80s to set up one of the first employment agencies and she was also a single mum um in in she said of one of the first employment agencies in ireland when there were none and she but she was very weak on her left side and as a 16 year old i remember clearly standing in the kitchen and she asked me to open a jar of pasta sauce because she didn't have the the, the power in her left hand to twist and I was a bit bolshy as a teenager and I sort of looked at her <sighs> and she, <laughs> she said, oh, just visual, close your eyes and visualize yourself twisting the jar open. And I looked at her and I went, right, okay. So I did. So I closed my eyes and I put all my strength and visualized the jar popping open. And it did. And, and that's one way to twist the jar open. You can also stab it in the top um, in the lid and it releases the pressure you can run it under boiling water you can bang it on the side of the counter and all of those things you can do if you're on your own or you can do what my mother did which was ask for help and sometimes in life we are absolutely capable of doing incredible things and other times we we need the help and guidance of others and don't be scared to reach out it doesn't mean you're not good enough it means that you're brilliant to be able to ask for that help Oh, I absolutely love that. God, that is amazing. That, that honestly, that is amazing. Oh, God. Oh, God, you've got me going now. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, that, I was actually visualising. Do you know what I was visualising when you were telling that story? I was just visualising this, this small, narrow kitchen with your mother speaking to you, and I just fed the whole picture in my head. I was, God, I was well into that then. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> forget, forget about everything else just listen to that bit <laughs> that is amazing and I'll definitely never forget your, your I'll never forget your business name ever thanks Siobhan thank you so much I so enjoyed this interview oh it's that's brilliant amazing. I really have and I can't wait to get the book in January is it January it comes out January it comes out and as I say there's, and, then, and even in the book then there's there's links back to my website there's lots of stuff which I haven't put up there yet which of, of there's because there's loads of toolkits and stuff and in the book um, that people can fill out in the book but then you can also link back and print them off from the website as well if you want extra copies and stuff
Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. I will be having this um, up in the podcast in the next couple of days. Um, and I'll also ensure you have a copy phone so you can share it on your platforms. So thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I hope we do definitely speak again. Oh, absolutely. And you mind yourself and that hip and just think of nourishing your body to get back out there and pound the pavements. Oh, I will. I can't wait. And actually, I'm enjoying the rest, not getting up, you know, in the dark and running the streets. Thank you so much, Yvonne. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.